the first half. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God, the great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice like you have done before. So Father, this morning we are listening and we are giving you what you have asked of us. So accept this praise this morning. God, accept our praise.
morning. Uh, this moment, this morning, I want to take a moment to talk about uh, the biblical principle of why every week uh, somebody seems to come up and ask the church for financial support. Um, it can really be found in a lot of spots in the New Testament, but this morning I want to read from 1 Corinthians 9. Uh, so this is Paul the Apostle writing to the Corinthians about, Bar about when Barnabas and him uh, went to bring the gospel to the Corinthians. I didn't press the button. Okay, you got me now? Okay. Um, turn the reverb off. So, again, this is uh, Paul talking to the Corinthians about when he went and ministered to them. Uh, so, 1 Corinthians 9.1. Paul says, Am I free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle... At least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, even as the rest of the apostles and brothers of the Lord and, and Cephas? Or do only Barnabas and I have not the right to refrain from working? Who at any time serves a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat the fruit of it? Who tends a flock and does not use the milk of the flock? I'm not speaking these things according to human judgment, am I? Or does the law also say these things? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. God is not concerned about the ox, is he? Or is he speaking altogether for our sake? Yes, for our sake it is written, because the plowman ought to plow in hope, and the thresher to thresh in hope of sharing the crops. If we've sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share the right over you, do we not more? He says, if we've sowed spiritual things in you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? So this, this is the principle that we're using, uh, that teachers ought to be taken care of by the people that they're teaching, ministering to. Um, we do this in schools. Uh, we don't ask public teachers to, to do it for free. Uh, now I'm lost. Uh, so it's fitting for a teacher who teaches only material things to be financially supported by their work. Uh, how much more responsibility as a church do we have to our ministers who are teaching us spiritual things, the very words of God, that we might from it reap eternal benefits? So let me, let me pray for us. Father, I ask that you would open our eyes more to your character. 
Father, the more that you reveal yourself through your word, the more we can see how your ways are good and just. Lord, the more we learn of you, the more that we fall in love with who you are. Father, I just want to thank you for continuing to teach us and continuing the good work that you've started here, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Also, just remember, Angelo, after church today, is doing the basics class for anybody who would like to sign up to serve. He will be doing it after the service today, so stick around.
the darkness now has ended in the kingdom of light in the kingdom of light forever under your dominion you're the king of my life you're the king of my life you reign above it all you reign above it all over the universe and over every heart there is no higher name jesus you You poured out your life just to give us new life. Now from the lips of the forgiven, hear an anthem arise, cause you are alive. Oh, you Seated alone in glory, enthroned on the highest praise.
Good morning. This is your reminder, your weekly reminder, that God is big. Amen? Amen. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, God is big. big. Now turn to yourself and say, God is big enough. Come on, you can be seated. Because you're an adult and you can do whatever you want. Isn't it fun, the little permissions that we give other people over ourselves? Has anybody ever caught themselves at a wedding before and the, uh, the officiant forgets to say, be seated? I've been that officiant before. That's right. I was standing. Everybody else should be standing. So anyways, um, I am, I'm pumped that you're here. Are, are you? But are you? Okay. Um, just can we have some honesty this morning? Who here wanted to be, go somewhere else? Come on, just raise your hand. All right. <laughs> Who here hit the snooze button a few times? Come on, come on. Uh, who here has had three cups or more of coffee? Come on. You are my people. For medical reasons, I can't do that, but I'm with you in spirit. Um, Would you open up your Bibles to Matthew 9? Matthew 9, um, I've decided that today's message is going to be like a summer blockbuster. It's just going to be all action. We're going to run and gun. We are going to go for it, and then we are going to go sit in the sun. Amen? Amen? Come on. Matthew 9, Matthew 9, um, and that was my uh, subtle hint that this is going to be aggressive. You're welcome, okay? Um, we are talking about faith. We're, we're ending a series on faith, which is really in, you know, kind of modern day, it is trust. Faith is trust. You and I operate in faith every single day. You operated in faith when you came to church this morning. You trusted those complete psychos on the road not to come across the line. You did it. Good job. Pat yourself on the back. You are a person of faith this morning. All right? You believed. You had confidence that the caffeine would kick in and you would not fall asleep in church this morning, all right? And I have that same faith in you. Faith can seem kind of a scary idea, kind of a big idea, and it is a big idea, but really when it comes down to it, are we practicing faith in Jesus Christ? Am I every single day picking up my cross daily and trusting Jesus for the things that I need and then asking for the things that I want. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. Well, this morning, um, we are, we're going to start in Matthew 9. And I've said that several times just to give you a head start because I'm already there. Matthew 9, um, in verse 9, all right. <clears throat> and again, we're talking about faith. And, and I'm going to... Preach this message with the premise that you know what I believe to be true. I believe that Jesus Christ was a real man. I believe that Jesus Christ was really God. I believe that Jesus Christ was 
absolutely perfect, didn't do anything wrong. Mary lucked out. Um, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, for our sins. He laid in the grave for three days, completely dead, not mostly dead, (laughs) completely dead. Have you guys watched Princess Bride? (laughs) Is that what just happened? You are my people. Lord, I'm sorry that we're talking about the gospel and Princess Bride together. (laughs) Laid in the grave for three whole days. And that the Holy Spirit filled his dead carcass with life. And he came back to life. And he provides the opportunity for you and for me to have that same exact life right now and for eternity. If you've never heard the gospel, you're welcome. Now we're going to get on to what, because it's, it's great. That's awesome. That's amazing. Wow. You take the plunge. You say, I believe. You pray the prayer, right? But how do we maintain that? How do we maintain that? I, I jokingly was talking to somebody about my, my oldest son, and, you know, he's got his own money from 4-H several years ago, and he asked me if he can spend money, and we say, oh, I don't know, man. And he goes, you know, do I need to get better grades? Tristan, you have a 4.0. And, I, and honestly, I'm a, little, I'm a little upset because you kind of plateaued. <laughs> We're looking for continual year-over-year growth, young man. And honestly, when you've accepted Jesus, you have plateaued. Right? It doesn't get any better than this. Right? You have eternal life. So how do we maintain this 4.0? We're going to talk about that this morning. Matthew 9, verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. Like, how bad do you have to be to be a sinner with a bad reputation? (laughs) Like, you're not just a bad person. You're infamously bad, right? along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But the Pharisees saw this, but when the Pharisees saw this, I'm just going to input there, when the self-righteous church people saw this, (laughs) they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat, gosh, with such scum? (laughs) Such scum? What do you think of when you think of scum? I think of that stuff in my my washing machine, right? Right? You have to like pour, I don't know, acid in there to get that stuff off, right? Do you think about all the stuff that's underneath your refrigerator? 
Come on. What about, what about the inside of your door on your car, right? That's, that, like, it's like hidden away. Has anybody ever thought about the scum that lives inside of your car mirror? Does anybody have a spider that lives in their mirror, right? Poison. These people said, hey, guys, they don't even talk to Jesus. They go and they they go to Jesus' posse and they say, why do you guys eat with such scum? Don't you have any self-respect? Why does Jesus eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. If you need Jesus, you're a sicko. You are a disreputable sinner. You are such scum. And you're right with me. Right? Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. If you need Jesus, you're a sicko. You're messed up. You're broken. You've got habits, hurts, hangups. You are doing stupid things on the regular. Anybody? Am I the only one who is living in constant awareness of my own sin, my own scum, my own shortfallings? Is anybody else with me? I'm sick and tired of saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. 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 That was wrong. I'm wrong. Just leave me to Jesus. It's the only one who can save me. If you are not confronted with the fact that you need Jesus, you're a Pharisee. You're unaware of your own brokenness but your spouse is not. (laughs) Your family is not. I had a just, you know what? We don't have time to talk about me, (laughs) all right? So Angela, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Well, we live in this constant, we plateau in this constant awareness that I need Jesus, that I am sick, and I need a doctor. Come on. Constantly, constantly. When I lay in bed and I'm worrying and I'm freaking out and God says, hey, remember me? Yes. Is it going to be okay today? We'll see. <laughs> and I'm just going to trust 
that God's got this. I'm going to trust that God can do this. I'm going to trust that he reigns. I'm going to trust that he's got this. Come on. Hebrews 11 says this. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is the confidence that when I am speeding and I see that cop car hiding behind those bushes, that when I slam on the brakes, he is not going to see the decrease in 15 miles per hour and I will get away free. That is faith. And you thought that you were faithless, but you're not. Faith is going to the store on payday because you believe that there's money in your account. Come on. Faith is believing. It is the confidence that if I pay my mortgage company, they will let me live in my house. That is faith. It is the confidence that what I am hoping for will actually happen. Faith is not hoping that that group of 11 players that you don't know will win the Super Bowl. That's not faith. That's entertainment. Faith is when you have a confidence and that confidence is translated into action. That is what faith is. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying because Enoch walked with God. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat. Noah was the first man to buy a boat. And we have been following in his footsteps ever since. Can I get an amen from the men? Come on. Does anybody here need a little faith that you can get a boat? Should we pray for that right now? I see one wife saying, no. No need. No need. All right, Lord, we ask that you will give us faith that our friends will buy a boat. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child when she was barren. All, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with him when they left. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho. It was by faith that Rahab, a prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had, been a, she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. It 
was by faith. It was by faith that we do something. It was by faith that I had found the most amazing woman in all the land. And I promised her things. And I hoped that she would stay with me. So far, so good. Faith is not coming and sitting on comfortable chairs and listening to a funny, ridiculous guy talk about Jesus. Faith is, so help me God, faith is not posting cute verse images on Instagram. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can we please stop? (laughs) Please. Faith is having a relationship with the God of the universe. Faith is having a relationship with the God that orchestrated, connived, conspired to give you and I life and life abundantly. Faith is believing in him and then doing what we need to do. Faith is not this static idea. Faith is alive when you and I do something. It was by faith. It was by faith. It was by faith that people did something. They put their necks out on the line. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us, so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that is so obviously in our lives. Friends, if You are not aware of the sin that so easily trips you up. Go ask someone. I'm being serious. Go ask someone. Hey, is there anything in my life that does not look like Jesus? And be ready for some of the most terrifying conversations you've ever had in your life. I mean, my heart was pounding during my English paper, a two-page paper, and my English teacher's like, you know, this doesn't, and I was just like, oh, I just can't take the criticism. <laughs> but what happens when somebody says, hey, yeah, you, you're sure you want me to tell you what I think is wrong with you? Okay. Well, Angelo, You're kind of a jerk to your kids. We weren't looking for that kind of feedback. Right? Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe I'm a little immodest. Maybe I need to button it up all the way. Right? Right? 
We're comfortable with a little bit, like the like little things, but are we really comfortable having someone look into our lives, someone who's spiritually mature, somebody who really knows our lives and says, hey, how's it going with this? I know that you struggle with that. What's going on? Yep, still a chronic worrier. Worrier. Thank you for asking. Are we... Are we willing to really look at what's going on in our lives? Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us, us, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this We do this We strip off every weight that so easily trips us up, we run with endurance, how? How? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. I don't know what sin so easily trips you up. I don't know what relationship you have with whom or what. I don't know what eats up your time. I don't know what wears you down. I know what it is for me. But I don't know what it is for you. And I can tell you, right now, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I really do have a problem with control. I, I, I'm, I'm a recovering control freak. Right? I am convinced that I am smart enough to get myself out of the situation that I got myself into. And God has been gracious enough when I start spiraling out of control, God has been gracious enough to remind me of the words that Jesus says, do not be anxious for anything. Give me, my, give me your burdens. Today has enough trouble of its own. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Come on. This has been, you can, you can ask my wife for verification. This is actually a verse that we say quite often. Today has enough trouble of its own. We do not need to worry about next week. Right? It's going to happen. Let's just deal with it when we get there. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to believe that Jesus has got this. I'm going to believe that Jesus can take care of little old me. I believe that Jesus can take care of my fresh, newly minted teenager. That's right, folks. I am parenting a teenager. And strategies are changing. 
I believe that in this economy that God is big enough to take care of my material needs. Come on. I believe, and this is a big one, and nobody in my family watches this so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Don't do that, Nikki. Obviously, I'm not talking about the family that's right there. I just spent like four or five days with 50 plus psychos. My God is big enough to deal with my parents and all of their crazy kids. And all of their crazy kids. Come on. You know what? Obviously, you guys weren't on vacation with me last week. Or I would be getting a lot more amens about the bigness of God. Now, we have, we have a broad spectrum of people that are with us this morning. We have people who have been following God for so long before I was born. Which I'm starting to think has been a long time. <laughs> we have people who aren't even sure about Jesus this morning that are here. Right? Faith is doing what God asks you to do. You're in a new season. Whatever season you're in, the seasons are always changing. You're in a new season, and that means the strategies have to change, just like me and my teenager. Right? The strategy has to change. We have to constantly be checking in and saying, God, what do you have for me? God, do you, are you calling me like Abraham to leave my family? God, are you calling me to have children? God, are you calling me like God called Paul, not to Asia, but to the other place? God, which way am I going? God, which way am I going? God, which way am I going? Constantly checking in. And now, this is the part where you say, Angelo, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you that you can hear God's voice. And honestly, I hate you. <laughs> this is years and years of talking to people face to face. These are the things that are said to me. <laughs> With people's eyes. If you don't know what God is calling you to do, if you don't know what God is calling you to do right now, we have a plan for you. New life has a plan for you. And it is not special. It is not unique. It is not original. Honestly, there's just nothing at all special about it. Except that it is probably Christianity's best kept secret. And that is to Weekly, put your eyes on Jesus. We have this thing called the table gathering where we believe that you are special enough. I know I just told you you're a sinner, you're scum. I know I said all that stuff. But now we're on the flip side. Jesus redeemed you. You can do this. You can sit down with your family and you can read a scripture and you can take communion. And you can keep your eyes on Jesus for one more week. Table gatherings are super simple. It's what I just told you. 
keep it super simple, right? Every single week, week after 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 week. And we give you like a six-week like pilot guide, right? And you're like, sweet, I can do that for six weeks. And then do it forever. Angela, I don't want to do that. Well, don't tell your wife that you don't want to do the same thing over and over and over again. Don't tell your children that you don't have what it takes to do the same thing, important thing, over and over and over and over again. Is our relationship with God important enough? And I'm not trying to shame you. What I'm trying to let you and me know is that God wants to spend time with us. Now, you might have this down, and that's awesome. That's amazing. But if you don't have this down, we want to help you. I don't want to sound cliche, but I actually do have a dream. In 12 months, in 12 months, that this church, it will be said of this church that it was by faith that Joey and Christine met with their family, spiritually led their family in focusing on Jesus every single week. It was by faith that Adam decided to spiritually lead himself and a few friends every single week and, and put his eyes on Jesus. It was by faith that Vince and Sasha met at the table every single week, took communion, realized their need of a savior, and stepped out in faith for another week. You cannot, you cannot have a good relationship with someone you don't spend time with. I had a friend that ended up moving away because for whatever reasons, mistakes were made, choices, we all have choices. They were house poor, they were both working crazy jobs. And he just said, Angelo, it's hard to have a good relationship with someone I never see. So they moved, they downgraded, and now they spend time together. You cannot have a good relationship with someone that you don't spend time with. That includes your spouse. You cannot have a good relationship with someone that you don't spend time with. That includes your children. And spending time with everybody on a device is not spending time. Amen. Come on. You cannot have a good relationship with someone that you don't spend time with. And that includes God. First Corinthians 11, verse 33. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. So, my dear brothers and sisters, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. First Corinthians 11 is Paul teaching us how to be the body of Christ. 
It is teaching us how to be in communion with each other. It is teaching me and my family of five how to live together and not kill anybody. <laughs> when you meet... Wait, Paul, don't you mean if? Paul assumes that if you and I are serious about God, we are going to meet with God's favorite people and we are going to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, if you already have something in place, that's amazing. I'm so pumped for you and it probably shows in your life. If you don't have a plan, I would, I'm not even gonna say try our plan. It's not even our plan. It's Jesus's plan. All right? And this is how you do it. And I have so much faith in you guys, confidence, hope that you can do this. Go to newlifeastoria.com. I believe that you can do this. Go to contact us. There's a little tab. Contact us. I believe that you know your first and last name and your email address. And then type in, I want to learn more about table gatherings. I will personally be some kind of a psycho and I will call you on the phone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just, just step back. Let's, whoa, anxiety has spiked. We're just, just kidding. I will send you a very automated text message. <laughs> kidding. I'll send you an email. Um, we can talk about what it looks like. Right? Because Nikki and Kevin have a different situation than Eric and Kylie. They have a different situation than the Georges do, than the Jaspers do. Right? We're all in different situations. We are all in different stages of life. And so maybe you just need to have it with your family. Maybe you need to have it with another family. Maybe you need a hug. <laughs> I mean, we're just throwing things out there, right? <laughs> Go to our website, click contact us. Say, hey, I want to start focusing on Jesus every week. Help me. And it, it, it's all going to look different, right? But what Derek shared this morning is that as one of the ministers at New Life, it is my job to help you. It is my job to resource you. It is my job when you tell me that you're such scum, you can't do it. It's my job to look past all of your shame, all of your guilt, and to see what God sees, and that's one of his amazing children. Come on. It's my job to say, you can do this. Angela, I don't think I can do it. Shut up. You can do this. Right? Come on. It's my job to say that you were made in the image of God and you can do hard things. But, 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 but. Shut up. 
It is by faith that we trust that God is big enough to transform our lives into something beautiful, to take something that is busted up, broken, and if we're being honest, intentionally screwed up sometimes. I mean, sometimes we're like, whoa, how did that happen? Other times we're like, I know exactly how that happened. (laughs) Go to the website, click on contact us. I know that you can do this because I know, I know that Bass Pro has your email address. (laughs) I know that the Oregon Ducks Nike store has your email address. I know for sure that Mary Kay has your email address, (laughs) all right? I know that Costco and Fred Myers know how to get a hold of you. I believe that you can do this, right? And it's not just for fun. It is because we are broken, that we are sick in need of a doctor and that doctor is Jesus and the way that we continue the way that we throw off our sin the way that we run with endurance which is an analogy that I hate (laughs) right has anybody ever gone running before and you were just like oh my gosh I cannot run another step. You look at your watch, it's been 97 seconds. (laughs) I can't possibly do this. That's where your super annoying, upbeat, peppy coach comes in. You can do this. You can do this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can do this. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Come on. And we're going to close out this church gathering like they did in the New Testament with no music. (laughs) And it's going to be super awkward. Are you ready? (laughs) Come on. It's like watching that person who's not a public speaker give, you know, one of those little toasts at a wedding. You're just like, gosh, make it stop. Can we get the music playing? Please, close your eyes, bow your heads, cross your fingers. Lord, if we are not, help us become aware of our brokenness, of our sin, of our sickness, of our sin that so easily ensnares us. God, give us, fill us up with your power and your grace. God, to determine to be devoted to every single day, every single week, fixing our eyes on you, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We cannot do it without you, Jesus. Let us be a people of faith in you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go enjoy.